Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau accuses the Conservatives of dirty campaign tactics. We know that the Conservative Party is running one of the dirtiest, nastiest campaigns based on disinformation that we've ever seen in this country. And it's no surprise that they don't want to share you know, whose deep pockets are funding their attacks on Canadians, on other parties. How will Canadians react to Barack Obama's endorsement of Trudeau? Given the, the worries we had about foreign interference and the fact that a, you know, a committee of senior bureaucrats set up to look at this issue, uh, it does seem to be to constitute foreign interference. And the latest polls continue to show no party is on the verge of a majority. By all indications, we're in, we're in a very tight race. Um, heading towards some sort of minority parliament where the game could become horse trading between policies to support a given party and, and uh, just to the formation of whatever minority government could be squabbled together. It's Thursday, October the 17th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. We're joined by National Post columnist John Iveson, who's been traveling recently with the Liberal campaign. Good morning, John. Morning, Mark. What do you make of Barack Obama's endorsement of Justin Trudeau? Uh, it seems unusual, certainly, for a politician or ex-politician in another country to comment uh, on an election uh, so close to Election Day and uh, and to basically endorse a candidate. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, it's given the, the worries we had about foreign interference and the fact that, you know, a committee of senior bureaucrats set up to look at this issue... Uh, it does seem to be to constitute foreign interference. Um, Andrew Scheer noticeably didn't take issue with it, but then again, he had uh, made comments on Brexit in the past, uh, just before that vote in the UK. So, so he maybe felt that uh, it would be pot calling the kettle black a little bit. Yeah. But it's, I mean, to me, there's a, a real risk that it backfires on the Liberals. That people think, you know, even if we quite like Obama, we we, we don't really think he should be making. Uh, a recommendation on a strictly Canadian affair. So, um, you know, I don't, four, four or five days to go to the general election, I'm not sure there's going to shift many votes. But if it does, it's potentially going to uh, alienate some people who are, you know, leaning towards the Liberals. Yeah, I wonder if it was deliberately targeted, though, at progressive voters. Uh, Barack Obama used that word in the tweet, uh, talking about how we need a progressive vote on the international stage. And I think the the key message there was, look, Canadians, you got to take a step back. you got to make sure Justin Trudeau is still your prime minister if you want that face out there in the, uh, in the world. Uh, the world needs this now. You know, step out of the minutia of your campaign and think about that. And I wondered if yeah, that was well, appealing directly to NDP voters, effectively. Yeah, well, I think that uh, Obama was certainly approached by the Liberals to, to make this statement, because it fits exactly with the, the statement the Liberals have been making in the last few days uh, as we've travelled across uh, Ontario and Atlantic Canada and, uh, and into Quebec. Uh, and uh, yesterday in Quebec, uh, Trudeau was almost messianic in this uh, message that... Uh, People had to, progressives had to keep Andrew Scheer from power to stop him from ripping up this carbon plan, that the bloc were redundant. Uh, you know, the, the bloc stands up for Quebec against the federal government, but the federal government agrees with Quebec on the need to fight climate change. And essentially that, um, you know, the, the, the Liberals were the only party who could uh, save the planet, essentially. I mean, he was speaking in these kind of 
cosmic terms. Um, but yeah, the, the the fight for progressives in certainly in Quebec is is a, it's a three way fight, and uh, uh, we we've been visiting seats that are held by the NDP, so they obviously see the vulnerability in the NDP, but, but so did the Bloc. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I wonder if that message is working or not, because uh, it, it, the only scenario in which it would work, presumably, is if people who supported progressive values and were were uh, planning to vote NDP thought Andrew Scheer was on the verge of a majority government, because otherwise they probably would figure it's going to be a minority parliament. And Jagmeet Singh has already said he wouldn't support the Conservatives, so they would, in a minority parliament, they would want to support Jagmeet Singh if they're NDP voters and make sure he had a strong voice in whatever negotiations would take place after the election, right? Yeah, I think certainly think that the, the, the usual liberal tactic of scaring the dippers uh, may not work this time. I mean, the, the sense that, that uh, you know, they're aligned on a bunch of issues that they could probably... Uh, you know, they could probably ask a, a, a pretty high price of, of Trudeau just to keep him in power. So I think that's not going to be the case in Quebec, but I think in Ontario that might well be the case. Uh, in Quebec, I think that the people who are thinking of voting bloc have already decided they're not voting liberal, so they're probably not going back. One last point about the Obama tweet. I think it does sort of show uh, how popular Obama is in Canada, and we see that at speaking engagements that he does in this country on a regular basis, that that a, po- a political party would even contemplate this, because uh, if, if it were George Bush endorsing Andrew Scheer, uh, I don't think it would uh, be received the same way in this country, or, or it would even be worth trying, right? Certainly not if it was Donald Trump. Yeah. But, you know, I think you could, you could probably quite like Obama and still think this was not particularly appropriate. Right. So let's turn to Justin Trudeau's comments that, uh, the, and we heard him say a few months ago that he thought this would be the nastiest campaign in, in Canadian history. Uh, now he's basically saying it is the nastiest, and he's pinning that all, of course, on the Conservatives. Uh, do you think this is a, a different tone that we are seeing in this campaign versus what we've seen in recent campaigns? I, I think of the the attack ads on Justin Trudeau in 2015, the demonizing of Stephen Harper in the past, the conservative attack ads against Michael Ignatieff and Stéphane Dion. So is it is this campaign really so different? I don't think it's that, that different, to be honest. I mean, the, it was ever thus when it comes to attack ads. I mean, they, they do them because they work. Um, there have been a lot of flotsam and jetsam as far as stories here and there that have provoked a controversy for about five minutes. They're not what people are going to vote on. I think what is particularly nasty has been the, the social media response. Um, you know, I think that uh, cranks operating in, in, in isolation in previous years are now banding together because they can connect on, on Twitter or whatever. And uh, I think that's been a particularly unhealthy development. But, you know, by and large, the tone is adversarial and it, it has always been adversarial in the, in the six or seven elections that I've covered. Yeah, and there's always been a, a sense of, oh, if the other guys get elected, uh, it's going to be a disaster, only we can stop them, and all of those messages right. are, are very familiar. Right. Um, I, I think it'd be worth challenging the the accuracy of them, because I find that, I, I think it's fair to say the political spectrum in Canada compared to other countries is remarkably narrow, so it's not right. like... Right, I mean, when the, when the economist looks at the Canadian elections, you know, so they're looking from 35,000 feet, I remember when um, Harper got elected, he said, you know, Canada has swapped a 
moderately left of centre government for a moderately right of centre government. Right. And, you know, we, the, the spectrum might have broadened a little bit with, with uh, Trudeau and Scheer, but, but essentially that, that remains the same. Yeah. Uh, in that sense, uh, will will anybody react in any way? Will any vote changes because uh, will any votes change because of the release of this video of Andrew Shear sitting down in the House of Commons during the playing of the national anthem? I don't think those people exist. I mean, Shear is clearly a, a patriotic Canadian. Uh, well, even though he's an American, <laughs> he is by and large a patriotic Canadian, and um, I don't think anybody with any sense is going to question is, is patriotism and, and uh, not vote conservative because of it. If you weren't going to vote for him, you weren't going to vote for him anyway. Yeah. So where do you think we stand with four, ga- four days to go now until Election Day, John? Uh, the, the data, the surveys seem to suggest that it's a very tight race and that, uh, and amazingly, no party has, has crept above one-third of uh, popular support. Um, so where do you think that leaves us in the final days of the campaign and what might change? Well, if I had to be one or other of Trudeau or Sheer, I would rather be Trudeau. I think, um, I just don't see where the Conservatives boost their vote. They just seem to have had a ceiling and they can't get, a, get through that ceiling. Uh, you know, I, I would question some of the assumptions that were made in, in the platform that, that conditioned the campaign they've run on carbon tax, on some of the social issues. Um, and where we see that most is in Ontario. I mean, I saw an ECOS poll which has the, the Liberals 10 points ahead in Ontario. You know, if the Conservatives are at 30% in Ontario, they are not winning this election. They've got, there are so many seats there that they need to do better. Um, you know, with the Liberals right now, in the last few days, we have been hitting seats held by other parties. Now, if they convert a lot of those seats, they could go from slim from a minority to a slim majority. So I think it's still within reach for them. I just don't see how it's a, a majority is within reach of the Conservatives. And of course, if we have a minority Conservative government, how would that sustain itself? I mean, there doesn't, doesn't seem to be any dance partners. Although I would add the caveat that I think that was probably the same situation in 2006 and Harper found dance partners on an ad hoc basis because nobody wanted an election. Right. Uh, so we'll see, but it it does uh, it, it looks as if it is a tie. It it uh, I think the seat distribution would go to the Liberals if it's a tie in the popular vote, and if it's something close in Parliament, you would think the Liberals would have a greater chance of winning the confidence of the House than the Conservatives, right? I think that's probably a fair assumption at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. I appreciate you joining us today. We'll talk to you next week after the election campaign is over. Thank you. Okay, Mark. Thanks a lot. Bye. That's John Iveson of the National Post. We know that the Conservative Party is running one of the dirtiest, nastiest campaigns based on disinformation. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Globe and Mail, Gary Mason argues that this is the federal election campaign that decency forgot. Mason writes, all election campaigns are imbued with a certain amount of hostility and deception. But this one has recorded off-the-charts levels of antagonism, with parties openly lying about the intentions of their opponents, with little consequence for doing so. Throw in the poisoned partisan cocktail of social media, and one is left to wonder, what is going on here? At globalnews.ca, Mike Le Couture argues Andrew Scheer's pitch to Quebec might be too little too late. Le Couture writes, The Conservative campaign has changed course in the last week before the vote, 
spending more time in La Belle Province. But if Tuesday's appeal to Quebec was supposed to motivate voters, the timing was off. Andrew Scheer began speaking 30 minutes after advanced polling closed, so anyone who may have been motivated by the mainly French speech will now have to wait six days to cast a ballot. In the Ottawa Citizen, Terry Glavin argues Canada's future is dismal without immigrants and refugees. Glavin writes, According to Stephen Punwasi, a quantitative analyst who specializes in the housing industry, were it not for immigration, Canada would be on the verge of a recession. Almost all of Canada's population growth is due to immigration. Take immigrants out of the equation, and the modest rise in Canada's per capita gross domestic product drops to almost zero. In other words, Canada is using immigrants to keep the economy afloat. At iPolitics, Graham Thompson asks, Does Greta Thunberg need to learn a lesson about Alberta? Or is it the other way around? Thompson writes, The moment the teenage environmental activist mentioned she was coming to the province, heads began exploding in Alberta. We witnessed one of the bizarre tactics of disgruntled Albertans, suggesting that anyone who criticizes their energy industry is somehow guilty of slander. Environment Minister Jason Nixon said he hopes Thunberg will educate herself about Alberta, but perhaps she is not the one who needs an education. Now here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will be in Trois-Rivières, Montreal and other communities in Quebec. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer will be in Brampton, Toronto and Little Harbour, Ontario. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will be in Welland, Toronto and Brampton, Ontario. And Green Party leader Elizabeth May will be touring Vancouver Island by bus, visiting local campaigns throughout the region. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, October 17th. Tune into CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.